Hi, friends. Welcome to Encouraged and Equipped. On this podcast, we introduce you to the women of Christ Chapel Bible Church. We love being encouraged to live out our faith in Jesus by hearing the stories of women in our church community. We are so glad that you're here. Sometimes difficult things end up being the best things. Kate Tokar has found that to be true. Things can be both good and hard. She shares with us that through the early years of her marriage, to cloudy days in Ohio, to tearful goodbyes, God has invited her to trust Him. Kate has fought to say yes and has found a hope in God that changes everything. Here is Kate and Misty's conversation. Well, I'm Misty Denman here with my great friend, Kate Tokar. Super excited about this episode um, because Kate and I have been friends outside of Christ Chapel for, I don't know, maybe 10-ish years Yeah, I think so. Eight, 10, something like that. We live in the same neighborhood. Our kids are close to the same age. And it's just been a a joy and a delight kind of... um, doing some of life yes. with you in the last mm-hmm. years. I pass your house on the way into um, the neighborhood and pe- to my house um, every single day. And always I think, I'm so glad God brought you to my life. So, <laughs> anyway, that's super fun. Thank you. Okay, well, we're going to get to hear a lot of your story today um, and some details of it that even I didn't know till we started really um, talking about it. But before we get started, we always like to start our podcast with um, asking the question, what's something that's bringing you joy these days? Just some small thing. Yeah, well, I'm going to talk about this later on, but um, I volunteer at Grace House Pregnancy mm. Center in Weatherford. And it brings me joy every time I go. And um, it's just, you know, it's just such a rewarding place to get to. I call it my work, but it's mm-hmm. really volunteer. <laughs> but, it's work. But I love yeah. it. And, um, you know, there's just so many things that you directly see God do each day that mm-hmm. changes people's lives. People coming to know Christ, babies being saved, and moms being provided for that couldn't have, you know, probably provided for their kids in that way. And so it's just such a joy all day long to see the new and next thing that God's going to do. I mean, it just it brings me joy it. all the time. Yeah. What a neat thing. Yes. And we are going to talk about how you have some space in your life for that yes. now, time-wise <laughs> and whatever. So that's great. Mine is so much less spiritual than <laughs> well, that. And that's totally okay. Because <laughs> yes, I, I know you have those too. But um, this summer, I have discovered this fun combination of using um, either frozen or fresh fruit in my like bubbly, sparkling water. Ooh, yeah. Um, and then even like those pumps of those syrup pumps that. Um, yes or flavored. And so I've been putting frozen strawberries and a pump of vanilla in my sparkling water. Oh my water. gosh, that sounds so good. It's the most amazing thing. <laughs> I'm bringing my cup down tonight. Ever. <laughs> I have some and yeah, you, you, we'll have a we'll have a little sparkling water date um, <laughs> on the porch or something. So anyway, that's fun. So Kate, tell me the origins of who you are, just some of the key pieces of your life that led to where you are today. We're going to get into lots of details, but take us back to... Um, Take us back to who Kate was many years ago. Okay. Well, I grew up in a small town in Arkansas, and I went to a sweet little church, um, and I actually did a lot of things there. Because you know, we live in a small town, like that's where I went to nursery school. That's where, you know, I did all the things there. And so um, my mom and I were super close, and we lived near my grandma, which was really fun. Mm-hmm. So she was just two houses away from us. So my mom oh, wow. and I lived in the house that my grandfather had built when she was young, and um I mean, in that little town, it was a very big house. It was a very small house. You know, it's two bedroom, one bathroom. Um, we had a floor furnace and one window unit, and but it was, 
it was big time for that little town, you know? <laughs> so, yes. And then, um, like I said, my grandmother lived one house over from us, which was really a huge blessing because my mom worked an hour away from where we live. So she worked in Little Rock. And so I got to spend a lot of time with my grandmother, which I am so grateful for. Um, we had such a sweet friendship. And um, I mean, she picked me up every day after school and we would do homework together and play games. And she would take me to get an icy every day after school. And she would always get a Kit Kat. <laughs> Probably not a healthy, <laughs> the healthy thing, but it was so fun. great memories. Oh, yes. Great. So great. Um, now, my dad lived in another town. He was a doctor. And um there was already a doctor in the town. So, and his, you know, he was a pathologist. And so there wasn't really work for him there. So he lived in a different town. Um, you know, I, my parents divorced when I was four. And I really don't have a lot of memories of him when I was little at, mm-hmm. you know, in that town. But my mom did say he would come home on weekends sometimes and, you know, spend time with me and kind of mm-hmm. give her a break and things like that. But um, they eventually divorced when I was four. And the kind of the crazy thing looking back to me is a lot of people told me how lucky I was that my parents got along so well. And as, so, as divorced parents. As divorced parents. Yeah. yeah. And so I always just thought I was supposed to feel lucky that my parents were divorced. And so that's kind of what I put in my head. Um, And my dad lived for a while, a couple hours away, and then he moved a little bit farther away. So we would meet halfway. So I spent kind of every other weekend until I was more in high school, you know, being there. And both of my parents remarried um, when I was eight. Mm -hmm. So the same year. And we ended up moving to Little Rock and moving to a, I moved to a private school in the middle of sixth grade, which was so hard wow. because I had grown up in this little town where I was friends with everyone and probably like thought too highly of myself at the school. It was a very good humbling experience to move somewhere else. But um, it was so incredibly hard because I went to this school where I was nothing, you know. I mean, everyone had their cliques and, you know, and and it was just a really hard time. And a hard time in life to do that, to be honest. Yes. Sixth grade like, middle hard. school is yeah. so hard. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I just, I mean, I, I, thankfully I found a group because I played basketball. And so that was a huge blessing. And actually one of my best friends, um, I guess I was probably 15 or 16 and she just one time, I think it was even after practice, she was just really good. She would like yell out the window at people at stoplights, you know, like, do you know Jesus is your personal Lord and Savior? <laughs> she was just so fun and loved Jesus. And yeah. I didn't fully understand. I mean, I didn't yeah. really understand. I'm that not sure that all, would go over well in that in 2020. Probably not. You probably don't do that it now. Did then. It yeah. did then. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so she had just asked me about, you know, if I about having a quiet time. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So she asked her about having a quiet time. Tell me more about that. Like, why was that significant to you? Because you had grown up in a church. Yeah. So, yeah. What do you think when she says that? You know, I didn't even know what quiet time was. Right. I had to right. ask her, like, what yeah. are you talking about? And she's like, well, it's just And honestly, just... it's not a biblical phrase. No, it's, it's not like not. you're going to find that in the Bible. No, it's yeah. not. But yeah. she just said, well, it's where you sit down and read your Bible. And I remember thinking, like, why would you want to do that? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds super boring to me. Um, and so anyway, I thought, well, I guess I'll go buy a Bible and yeah. see. So I drove and bought a Bible. Um, and then I started reading it. And I could not get enough. Because even though I had grown up in church, and there were other people. I mean, I went to Sunday school every morning. Like I heard all this stuff, but none of it ever clicked or meant anything right. to me. And I didn't know anything about having a relationship with God. Like, yeah. I kind of, I think, thought He was just like watching us, trying to catch us do something yeah. bad. Yeah. So we need to be good. 
And I definitely believe Jesus was his son and he died for me. I didn't really know anything beyond that. So this is kind of where I started learning that. I also feel like, um, okay, a couple of things with that that are so fascinating to me. Number one, your initial thought is, why would anybody read the Bible? That sounds boring. And yet, you drove to a bookstore and got one. Somehow, I just feel like that was just the Lord... Absolutely. <laughs> Pursuing you, and yeah. you, you kind of had to do it. Then the next thing is, um, as you were telling me this story um, a few days ago, I was so struck by this friend. Okay, and I didn't know the part where she'd yell out the window, <laughs> you know, Jesus is your personal <laughs> Lord and Savior. But, you know, her just kind of saying, hey, Kate, tell me, do you have a quiet time? Mm-hmm. It was such a, um, a sort of a natural way for her to reach out to you about your faith and just start a conversation yeah, about it. Yeah, absolutely. And it if you look back, I feel like you could trace a lot of the beginnings of your pursuing the Lord through his word just to that innocent question. Yes. And all of it was from there. <laughs> what a natural way to mm-hmm. just, you know, I think about as like Cody talks about on Sunday mornings, you know, we want to reach the 800,000. Mm-hmm. Well, the way she reached you was just to be in a friendship mm-hmm. and sort of asking you this question yeah. about your faith. It's remarkable. To yes, me. absolutely. And yeah. changed the course of your life. And who would have ever known? Yes, it totally, yeah. I mean, it completely did. And I, yeah. you know, after that, I went to college and joined a college ministry right yes. away because I felt like, well, yep. that's what you, like, that's what you do. Yep. And I actually met met my husband, Travis, at, I remember the first day I went, I met Aww. him. He had long hair. <laughs> it's hard to imagine now. Yeah. <laughs> I got to um, see a picture like yeah. that. Yeah. And then we um, we were friends for a long time. Then we dated and got married right before my senior year of college. Um, and he had just graduated. So he was starting a master's program. And, you know, it was so fun to be married in college. Yes. All of our friends were like either had just gotten out or were in college. And, you know, I was really under the assumption that life was just so fun and just pretty much always full of joy. That's really what I thought. Yeah. And I expected it to continue that way. Right. And also, I expected too much of Travis in our marriage. Um, it was for sure my source of joy. Yeah. Yeah. So I would, um, I remember those early days of we also got married young right out of college. And there was something special about those early days where mm-hmm. you're still kind of in that college. Um, I don't know if bubbles the right word, yeah. but just that kind of protected environment, and there's not a lot of the real life stuff coming yes. at you yet, mm-hmm. and whatever. But I do have like a little taste of the foreshadowing there, where <laughs> you know you say I maybe expected too much uh-huh. out of um, out of your marriage. So mm-hmm. will you just talk more about those early years? What it looked like? What it what did it look like for you to expect too much of Travis? and your marriage. Mm -hmm. And what'd you learn from that? Yeah. Well, I really expected that we would just get along and have fun all the time. Yes. Um, As you do (laughs) when you're young and in love before the real world hits. Yes, (laughs) exactly. And I didn't realize at the time, but I was really looking to him to love me fully and treat me exactly how I thought I should be treated all the time Mm -hmm. um, and know exactly what I needed and wanted. And I think too, you know, it's so great that I had that relationship with the Lord but it was so new. Yes. Like, I didn't understand I need to find my joy and my value and things in Him. So I just did that with Travis. Yeah. I mean, I remember driving one time and I was just praying. It was sort of a weird, like I didn't, I hadn't quite figured it out. I don't remember exactly what I prayed, but something like, you know, let Travis just, <laughs> sounds so silly to say now, but like, just love me even more, you know? And I remember thinking God was like, 
no, no. <laughs> he needs to love me more yes. and you need to love me more. Yes. And, you know, your folks is all wrong. I remember be- thinking like, what? Okay, well, yeah. and we'll just see yeah. where that goes. Yeah. So, um, but I love that you heard that from yes. the Lord. Yes, absolutely. Like, yeah, he Very. was, was going to be putting a stop to that. Um, and, you know, I really didn't know at the time that God uses marriage to sanctify you. That was a new <laughs> thought to me. Um, and the fact that we were both just two sinners living together. Yeah. I mean, that's just going to be yeah. hard. And, you know, it created a lot of disappointment for both of us, I think. Um, what I learned is that I needed to devote myself to my relationship with Jesus over everything else. Mm-hmm. And look to Him to fulfill my desires and bring me joy. Mm -hmm. And my husband is just the person that I get to walk through all this stuff with, you know, Um, which means we'll have a lot of struggles as our selfishness. I mean, that just comes out in marriage and the way we do things, you know, I mean, just little ways, the way you do things. Like, well, clearly my family is perfect and the way we do things is perfect, you know? So, (laughs) oh, I can relate to all of this so much from the early years of our marriage. Yes. And then you, you know, you realize, oh, wait, I don't know why exactly we do it that way. We don't have to do it that way. Yeah. But it takes some, you know, I mean, it just takes some maturity to get to those points and I probably am still not there. But um, I think too, you know, you just have to grow and to learn. And again, I'm still not there. Learning to grow, to love each other the way that God intends yep. for us to do that. Yep. So. It's, uh, I just, I, I know this is not the main part of your story, but I cannot help but camp here just a little bit because I feel so much like the whole, um, oh, I don't know if like using the word wedding industry feels to yeah. something or other, but I just feel like in that period of maybe dating and engagement, whether you do that early mm-hmm. or later, you kind of, it's super easy to get wrapped up in the wedding and the idea of what marriage is, mm-hmm. the kind of fairy tale image of it, and totally forget that it is just two sinners yeah. <laughs> to, that God joins together that you're walking alongside. Like, yes. Clearly, we know that from having lived with families or roommates sometime mm-hmm. or whatever. I don't know why we expect something different from our young husbands who are just learning just like we are, yeah. but we do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, yeah, I had some of those same things. I so remember, um, like my dad would come home from work every day growing up at like 4.30 because he went to work super early uh-huh. in the morning. And when um, Dave and I first got married and he didn't come home till 6.30 or 7, I was like <laughs> so mad at him every day. <laughs> That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. But anyway, mm-hmm. yeah, just all of that. Yeah, you just don't realize. You don't. <laughs> Every bit of it makes so much sense yeah. what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. But I, I love that that was, you know, that was also early in your walk with God. And mm-hmm. so that was maybe your first your first inkling of, oh, this isn't really about me. This is really about the Lord and pursuing um, the love of the Lord over yeah. the love of any anything yes. or any person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 That's absolutely. Really interesting. Okay. So you've said that you've had these years of kind of moving from feeling like your hope, your joy, your happiness were dependent on a relationship with your husband or your circumstances. Mm-hmm. To your hope and joy, it sounds like you're saying you were you've learned that that needs to be more centered on the Lord. Tell me what that process looked like. How how yeah. do you kind of get from point A to point B, or how are you getting there even still? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, at this point, that was still a very new oh, idea, yeah. and you know, it's yeah. just where you realize like this is hard, and I don't really know what to make of it. And of course, mm-hmm. we only we we did have a couple of other friends that were married, but I mean, you just sort of nobody knew. You know, and You're then all young and dumb together. Yeah, we're all young yes. and dumb together. And then we had a baby first out of all of our friends. Mm-hmm. And so um 
we, so we both had done graduate programs. Um, he was finishing, let's see, he had started his first year of the PhD program mm-hmm. and I had finished my, um, graduate program and then we had Olivia. Mm-hmm. So that September after I had graduated in May mm-hmm. and I very easily transitioned into being a, a mom. Mm-hmm. I always had wanted to be a mom and I left kids and, you know, it was so easy for me to move right into that. But I mean, we definitely didn't, st- we still didn't have our marriage figured out, you know, right. and we were both so immature and we had no clue what we were doing. And our marriage was really hard. And, you know, anytime you have a baby, you can't just pick up and go do things with all your friends. So it was hard from our friends' perspective that we just ditched them. It's hard from Travis's perspective to understand how we can't, you know, like you finally get out the door and then they have to change their diaper again. (laughs) And then it's time to eat again. And then they've dirtied a diaper. You know, I mean, it's just like, it's just hard to do anything. And of course, she never slept. And so I was so tired. And it was just, it was really hard. Um, And I... I would say that season stretched on for several years. Oh, yeah. Um, and it definitely, and honestly, I was really confused during it because I was like, aren't we supposed to just be a happy family? Like, I don't, I don't understand. Again, the fairy tale, right? Yes, that vision like, you had in your head of yes. this is what a cute young family looks yes, like. Yes, absolutely. And we did not communicate well. Mm-hmm. I mean, I didn't ask for help. I just expected him to know what needed to be done. And, mm-hmm. you know, he was in his own hard world of the PhD program. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it just, it was hard. Mm-hmm. And it was, um, Again, like I feel like it was still some more steps of trying to find my hope in God and not in Travis. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, definitely. And so you moved to Ohio yes. so from right? there. That was his early. first. Yeah, uh-huh. that was his first job. So we okay. moved to Ohio mm-hmm. um, with the baby. I, yeah. So so at this point, Olivia was three. We had okay. Annika. Um, she was six months old at that point. Okay. And um, I've talked about this before in another podcast episode, so I'll try not to hit on all the same things. But, you know, we didn't know anyone. It was cloudy every day and cold every day until May. I remember we got snow, I think, on sometime late in April, and it was just so depressing to me. <laughs> well, for a girl I mean, from the South, like yes, we both are, like, that's just a whole other world. Oh, yeah. it totally was. Yeah. And everyone went inside. Like, it wasn't like, let's all go play in the snow. It was like, everyone disappears. And you know, I mean, it was just our family were two flights away. Um, it was super lonely. And I had no idea how long we were going to be there. And all I wanted to do was move back to Arkansas. I cannot tell you how many schemes I came up with. Like, oh, yeah. my whole, like, everything was like, okay, maybe we could do this. Maybe you yes. could, like, work on this. Maybe you could fly back and forth. I mean, I yeah. came up with so many things trying to figure out. And actually, right. a job did come available um, and it was not at the university he had gone to, which is where he would have preferred to have mm-hmm. gone, but it was small. And, you know, the crazy thing is like, God, even in the midst of that desperately wanting to get back, we both felt like it was a terrible decision. And it would have been because that wow. person ended up losing their job a few years later because wow. there wasn't funding. And so that would have been us. We would have been living in Arkansas with no job, you right, know, and right, which also was not going to be fun. No, yeah. no, that wouldn't have been good either. Yeah. So, but, you know, I think this is really when my picture of life started falling apart because mm-hmm. things got hard. I no longer had fun and friends to cushion that. Yes. You know what I mean? Because yes. even though before things were hard, we could still go do things with friends, okay, you know, or like have them over or whatever. And it kind of provided a cushion that just helps you sort of ignore those things, you know? Um, and I started going to counseling to deal with some of the things that happened to me when I was young. Um, and I realized, I remember going in the first day and I was like, my parents are divorced, but just so you know, it's not an issue for me. And the next time I went back, I was crying and I was like, okay, it's an issue. Um, And I realized it was pretty impactful on my life. Um, We also had some financial struggles because my husband got paid far less than what had been promised. So they had given us a plan and Mm -hmm. we bought a house and everything accordingly. And it didn't go that way. Wow. Um, So we ate a lot of bagels and peanut butter Uh and we begged God for help. Uh Um, And I learned to trust him even when my marriage was hard, when I felt lonely. 
and hard things that happened that I had no say in, mm. um, and big financial issues, like just in, in just in that loneliness. I mean, like everything sort of was just lonely. Mm-hmm. And I really started understanding what dependence on God looked mm-hmm. like because there was nothing else to depend yes. on. And I think I saw like, I wouldn't say that I had, you know, that suddenly I was like, yes, I just depend on the Lord. But right. I saw like what I'm depending on is not working out. Yes. You know, like that is so well said, that understanding of what I what I thought would bring me stability, mm-hmm. comfort, joy, hope. It, when it's gone. Yeah. Or what, you know, gone, never had it in the first place, not mm-hmm. what you expected it to be. If you're looking in the right place, that is one of those things that can push you toward the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. That's sure. interesting. So how did how did you see God show up in those hard times? Yeah, you know, it was funny. Or how did you maybe lean toward him? Yeah. Either way. When I did, I, you know, I was reading my Bible more and uh-huh. I um you know, and of course, thankfully, I can look back in pictures and videos with the girls, and we were happy and looked happy, and they felt like everything was good. Right. And I'm so thankful for right. that. And I really right. did try to soak up those that time, sure. you know, with them. And so I I'm think that's important. Point really out. thankful yeah. that God gave me the eyes to be able to do that, and yeah. just the ability for them, like you know, and and my older daughter loves cloudy days because that's what she grew up in. I so think now, that's so it is fascinating. It is, yeah, that she like you know we'll have a cloudy day, and she's like, oh, this is the best. I had the best day today because that's how she grew up and it was fun to her, you know? Um, So anyway, you know, one time I was reading and I was reading in Isaiah and honestly, I don't even know if this is what what God meant when he wrote this verse, but in that moment for me, (laughs) it's Isaiah 54, five through eight. Uh And it says, for your maker is your husband. The Lord of hosts is his name. And it goes on, your redeemer is the Holy One of Israel. And then it, you know, it keeps going on. And he talks about that with everlasting kindness, I will have mercy on you. Um, says the Lord, your Redeemer. And you know, at the time, I don't even know if I read the surrounding verses, but I clung to the fact that God was my husband. Yes. And not that Travis wasn't, I mean, he sure. was providing for us. You know, we had still no clue what we were doing. We were both lonely and had no friends. And, you know, it was just a, it was just hard. Yeah. Um, but just learning that God was the one who would meet my needs and I needed to stop expecting Travis to. Yes. And I think that is what I needed to learn. I couldn't have done that had he been meeting all my needs, you know? Yes. Um, and so yeah. I think it was good, yeah. even though it's hard. Um, and I think it was just a really, a season to depend on God more, even in the really good thing he had given me, which was my marriage. So instead of depending on my marriage, I needed to depend on God. And then that was sort of a like we were going to do that together. You yes, know what I mean? Like I we're do. together walking into that, mm-hmm. each depending on God and mm-hmm. just sort of moving forward together. I also so. like how that verse kind of points out the the kindness of God yes. because that's such a um, a lovely characteristic and thing for me to sort of ponder and think about when a lot of the rest of life feels mm-hmm. unkind. Yes. When yeah. the weather seems unkind, when yes. your financial circumstances seem yeah. unkind, when—, when your tiredness feels hard mm-hmm. and unkind. All of that's really, yeah, yeah, a lovely and beautiful thing to be able to cling to those characteristics yes, of God. Absolutely. Um, in in there. Okay, so then you do this um, dark, cold, lonely, <laughs> frigid stretch, poor stretch <laughs> in Ohio. Um, what happened after that? Yeah. So um, after three years, Travis got a job after at TCU, and so. 
I, I cannot explain to you my excitement for getting to move back to the South. I mean, I was just thrilled. I don't, I had never even been to Fort Worth, but I didn't, didn't matter. Like, <laughs> it wasn't going to be snowing in April. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. And just back to where you can say something to someone in the grocery store and they don't look at you like you're an yes. idiot. Like, why are you talking to me? Mm-hmm. You know, just like things that felt normal uh-huh. and welcoming and home mm-hmm. to me. If you're um, from Ohio, we love you so much. We do. And I'm sure you're very kind. You're but amazing. There are some cultural yes, I mean, differences. <laughs> yeah. And you know, and I've talked to people who have, who are from Ohio yeah. and they said, yes, like it's just so different. And yeah. for them who have moved here, it was very odd to get used to when oh, you yeah. leave a store saying, thanks for coming in. And you don't just like ignore them and walk out. Yeah, you know, You're like, oh, thanks. Yeah. You know, and yeah. just, you know, those kind of things, it's just not the way it is there. Yeah. And so, um, so anyway, he moved here in July to, you know, to start his work and the girl and I stayed. So at that time, they were three and five. Mm. And we stayed to sell our house. Um, And it is really hard to get your house ready for a showing with two small children. Um, And especially because we would get an offer and it fell through or people yeah. would come say they were going to come and they wouldn't even come. I really yeah. wanted to go hunt them down and be like, hey, yes. you're, you're going to come, come walk my through my house because I spent a really, like I cleaned behind the toilet again for you and then you didn't even come, you know? And so, so all that kept falling through. And the problem too, we bought when the market was high, it crashed, so our house was worth nothing. And yes. so that was tricky. So anyway, we ended up, um, God provided a renter and um, so we rented our house out. Um, and as I mentioned in another podcast, it took 12 years to sell that house. And God taught me a tremendous trust through that process. That's so. rough. <laughs> That's rough. I'm not going to lie. All of that is rough. Um, yeah. I sold a, we sold a house when I, my boys were four and six, and it was uh, some of the more stressful mm-hmm. weeks of my life. But the 12 years taking for a house to sell, mm-hmm. that's that's not easy. Okay, so where was God at work in your life in those 12 years that kept leading you to trust Him mm-hmm. more deeply than you did before? You yeah. kind of mentioned that already of the ways that when you didn't have some of the things you could have leaned on um, that you naturally wanted to, um, friendships, a an, an environment you were used to, some financial ease, whatever, mm-hmm. that that led you toward the Lord. What about in those years where, hey, we have this house that would be easier not to have. Mm-hmm. We have, you know, a young family, whatever. Mm-hmm. What did that look like as you continue to learn to trust Him in those hard things? Yeah, well, I mean, I think it was just sort of this constant source that could have been deep worry. And there were uh-huh. definitely times of, you know, we wouldn't get a rent payment, um, things breaking, and us not being able to be there to check. I mean, we had no clue what they were doing at our house, you know? Oh, um, yeah, and you can't even go, like, no, check it out. Your state's you away. Yeah. Right. And um, and we had a few people we had hired to do work that totally ripped us mm-hmm. off. You know, I mean, just things like that. We were like... It's just stressful. I think, too, a thing that was hard is we couldn't buy a house here because we had no idea if those renters were going to stay, if we were going to be responsible for the, you know, I mean, we weren't even making money off of it. It wasn't like a, you know, it wasn't like a, yay, we're, you know, like a some kind of investment or something like it was just paying the mortgage. Um, So I think, you know, every single day, week and year that God took care of the missing rent, he kept things working. Um, I mean, the hot water tank was still working when they, when we sold that house and water there is hard and, uh, and you don't have a softener there like we do here. You know what I mean? Just things like that where I'm like, I don't know how that thing kept running, but I'm so grateful. Yeah. You know, and, and he gave us peace and something new would happen 
we would come back to that place of saying, again, God, I trust you to take care of this regardless of what it's going to look like. So that just, it kept having happening over and over so that it was sort of just this practice of, well, I can either live in this constant worry or I can trust him with it and move forward. Yeah. Yeah. I like that a lot because I think um, I've certainly seen that pattern in my own life too of a difficult thing that I either had no choice to or mm-hmm. or or sometimes did um, purposely choose to trust God with rather than to worry about it or whatever. Yeah. Then you see God take care of it. Like you said, like that water heater shouldn't have still been right. working, but it was. Mm-hmm. Or the thing broke, the person ripped you off, mm-hmm. and yet God still provided somehow, and you still walked through it, and you were still eating at least bagels yes. on the other side or whatever. <laughs> we were. We no. were eating good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And and building that um, history of God's faithfulness and provision has always helped me find it a little bit easier the next time. Yes. To trust Him yes. in mm-hmm. the, oh, now, how are we going to make mm-hmm. this thing happen? I just yeah. kind of love that. And about you know, the crazy that. thing I hadn't really, I mean, I've thought about this before, but I hadn't thought about it when we were talking about it is um, when we ended up selling our house, we did make some money that has been super helpful yeah. in paying for college. I mean, it yeah. doesn't pay for the whole thing by any right. means, but um, right. it was a blessing. So yeah. not only did God bless us by keeping every, keep us going, like, you know, we never didn't have a house or right. something like that, but um, he also gave us a blessing on top of it that has been helpful to us. And so I'm so grateful for that. Absolutely. And he didn't have to do that. No, he he didn't. He did it. He did. Yeah. Okay. So you're finally back in uh, the South, happily Uh ever after. Mm -hmm. Yes. You know, it's funny. We moved in a few days before Thanksgiving um, and drove to Little Rock to be with my family. Uh And then our house got broken into. Oh, my word. (laughs) Um, But, okay. So, the the real big thing though that went on is when we moved to Texas, yeah. we got licensed to foster. Okay. Um, because God had really put that in our hearts to adopt. And Travis actually had lived overseas. And so we were gonna consider adopting from there. But at the time it was really people were spending a ton of money and nothing was ever happening. Yes. Um yeah. and so So you felt like the Lord had yeah um put that mm-hmm. on both of your hearts. Yeah. Like, this is something you we wanted to pursue. Yes. Okay. And um and we were with an agency. You know, we had to do all the training. I mean, there's a lot. Yeah to get ready to do that. And um, even like we all had to have even our kids TB tests and just things that you're like, seriously, no, no other mother has a TB test, you know, but um, just all these things that were just kind of hard and long and, you know, and they're all in your business, um, Mm -hmm. you know, at your home and, you know, you can't have food on your pantry floor and, you know, everybody's got boxes of cereal on their pantry floor. Uh, yeah. yeah. But I wouldn't pass that. Not inspection. us. We yeah. did not. Yeah. Um, so, and you know, at this time, I, I never even looked into it exactly what I just knew that there was a, something going on statewide um, that was all the agencies were sort of competing to be the existing agency. So the, hmm. the state was going to kind of get rid. And mm-hmm. I don't know what happened. Yeah. But at the time, the state, so each agency was trying to be the best and like uh-huh. place the most kids mm-hmm. and all this. Well, you can imagine how that, right? how does that play out? I mean, we would get, if we got a phone call for five kids one time, we, we said one and we had had girls. So we said a girl because we kind of knew what, yeah. you know, like, what does that look like? We had all yeah. the clothes and the toys and, you know, all that. So um, we got a call for twin babies. Um you know, and just the whole thing, like, it just did not go as we had expected. Yeah. Um, we had one placement for a tiny baby. She was three days old when we got her. Mm-hmm. And we thought we were going to get to adopt her. Um, we had her for seven months, and I loved her like of my child. Um, I mean, she, it 
when we took her to be reunited, I mean, it was at the court. I felt like I was driving her to be killed. It was the most sickening thing I think I've ever done. And I had to tell the lawyer, I was like, you're going to have to come to the car and take her from my arms because I cannot physically bring her inside. And they did graciously because <laughs> I couldn't have done it. Um, and so I was like losing my child. It was so incredibly painful. I cannot imagine. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it was just so hard. Um, But you know, the great thing, God has done amazing things in her life, and I still get to be in touch with them and get to see her, and they send me pictures, and we text. And And she's um, with her family. Yes, and you were her family, but she's with her family. Yeah, and you know, and we got to give her that first six months of attention and love that's so, I mean, we just learned so much about that during that time, how important those first six months are. Yeah. We got to give her that. But, you know, a cool thing that God did, too, is, you know, we had Olivia and we had Annika. It was hard, and Travis was in the middle of school. And it was almost like this little redemptive time of yeah. getting to have a baby again and getting to do it the right way. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yes. And also, starting not having been pregnant and not having slept for months at a time makes it so much easier, I mm. will say. So it was mm. just—it was yep. like—it was such a fun, while it lasted, a fun and amazing thing. Yes. Um, it was just a shock because we thought we were going to get to keep her, you know? Right. So um, we also had another replacement that was very hard, and I can't share the details. It sure. kind of went on for two years. Um, it was incredibly hard for everyone involved. Um, it is—I mean, it's, it's almost like I think back, I'm like, was that even real? I mean, it just seems like a nightmare, you know? And in the hardest stretches of our fostering journey— um, I mean, I could not face the day without God's Word. I would get up and read the Bible, and it I could not function. I mean, I've never been like that before, but mm-hmm. I could not function without first mm-hmm. reading the Bible. It was like food to me. Mm-hmm. You know, like you can't function if you mm-hmm. don't have food. Um, and a lot of days, I would literally go—I mean, the further we got in, minute by minute— begging God to help me and trying to find peace. Mm -hmm. And it it often looked like I would go stand in the garage for a minute by myself, take a deep breath and say, God, I trust you with this. Mm -hmm. And I'm not, I refuse to walk forward. Of course, the situation is still hard. I'm not going to walk forward and worry. I'm not going to walk forward. Like I am going, I've got to deal with this with you. Mm -hmm. I cannot do anything else until I do it. And Mm -hmm. I really got into a pattern of doing that. And now I think, that pattern has carried over because mm-hmm. when I feel it, sometimes I'm like, mm-hmm. excuse me, just a minute. Like, mm-hmm. I'm going to go back to my bathroom mm-hmm. and I just go back there and mm-hmm. take a minute. And like, mm-hmm. no, I'm not going further until we work this out. Mm-hmm. Like, and working it out doesn't mean the details have changed. It just right. means like, I am going to trust you with it. Yeah. I'm going to go forward. get my head and my heart. Yes. Um, oriented toward you yes. and not toward only my problems right. or only what's overwhelming me yes. right now. That's mm-hmm. really good. Yeah. And you know what else I love about that? I'm sorry for how hard it was. Mm, first thanks. of all, that's <laughs> hard, hard stuff. But I, I really appreciate what you just shared because those are examples of things that when I get in that kind of hard, overwhelming place or when I start to, my brain starts to kind of spin mm-hmm. toward – um this is too much, this feels overwhelming, this whatever, mm-hmm. um, that's going to be a great reminder to me of go stand in the closet, go stand yeah. in the bathroom stall, <laughs> go stand in the garage if it's not 148 degrees yes. outside, <laughs> yeah. and take a deep breath mm-hmm. and spend a couple of minutes praying and just remember that God is God mm-hmm. and He is sovereign and He is good, and I'm not. I'm going to choose to not let my emotions carry me mm-hmm. toward 
a lack of trust, disobedience, whatever. That's really, really, really good. Mm -hmm. Um, And even that just, I have got to get up 15 minutes earlier than everybody else in this house and open God's Word Mm -hmm. or I can't do Mm -hmm. this. Yeah. That's that's powerful. Yeah, and I think, you know, I was just reading James 5.13 the other day, and it says, is any of you suffering? Let him pray. And I'm mm. right over it because then it says, and if any of you, I can't remember what it's, but it's about being joyful and yeah. being grateful and whatever. But I hadn't really stopped on that. Like, if we're suffering, we're all going to be suffering. What is God's prescription for that? Pray. Yes. Like, that's exactly yeah. what he says to do. And yeah. then being, he wants us to be in constant communication with him and reading the Bible. Yeah. Um, and you do that when you're desperate. Yes. Because yeah. you have to. Yeah. You know? And I, I'm guessing that at the time you had these uh, a handful of young kiddos in your house, mm-hmm. you weren't sitting down for half an hour at a time. No, and ju- and 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 there's nothing wrong with being able to pray for long stretches. Right. But you were you I'm 99 sure were in that stretch of life where you were saying those prayers, just those yes. probably very short mm-hmm. kind of ongoing desperate prayers of I need you, I need your help, yep. I need you to sustain me. Mm-hmm. You know. And and that's as uh, real of prayer and communication with the Lord and dependence on Him as if you had, you know, this long, quiet, whatever yeah. stretch of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, growing yeah, that absolutely. dependence on Him. I'm so sorry for how hard oh, those well, years were. I, mean, um, I, I also love, though, this picture of how you kind of walk with Him, leaned into Him, mm-hmm. rather than away from Him because— I pointed out at the beginning of this that you did feel like, or you not you felt like, you, you and Travis heard the Lord lead you toward uh-huh. this. Yeah. And, hey, you did um, get to provide an amazing home and care for these kiddos. And at the same time, it was super, super hard. Yeah. Um, and who I know you now, um, we have known each other for some years, but when I think of the women in my life who kind of just had this deep well of sort of trust and patience and dependence on the on the Lord, you really do come to mind as one of those women. And well, that's definitely only God. It is God, <laughs> sure. and He did it through hard stuff. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and I think you know one of the things that was super helpful to me. Um, he gave me a mentor yeah. during this time. So I was going, it was crazy. I had some counselors that were supposed to be really good that mm-hmm. specifically knew about really difficult children for fostering yeah. and, you know, things like that. None of them, I mean, one lady I went to, I would go and basically cry for an hour. And the last time I was in her office, she said, well, hang in there. That's the most she gave me to do. And I was, it was crazy because I was seeking help. Like we were seeking help from everywhere. We did everything we knew we could do. Mm -hmm. We hired someone to Mm -hmm. come into our home Mm -hmm. to like watch and help. I mean, we Mm -hmm. did all these things and it was like nothing would work or change anything. I mean, it was just, you know, it's, it's. I, I really don't understand what happened. It was confusing. It was confusing. Yeah. We just wanted, you know, God tells us to take care of widows and orphans, yeah. and we just wanted to do that. Right. We just wanted to love a kid, and um, it was just so confusing. And yeah. I think, you know, sometimes God allows or even gives us hard things that don't end up making a lot of sense, and we still have to choose to trust Him in that yep. and to know that He will not leave us. Yes. Um, and during that time, like I said, God gave me a wise older woman to walk me through that difficult season. I mm-hmm. mean, I remember meeting with her for the first time, and she said, 
I cannot do anything to change your situation mm-hmm. at all, but I can help you carry this burden. Oh. And that's exactly what she did. I mean, like, I really don't think I would have survived without her. So it was yeah. such a huge gift to me. And yeah. I became a huge fan of mentor relationships. I mean, they're just yeah. amazing. Yeah. And just the the difference between, uh, and I'm guilty of saying to people, okay, well, hang in there. Yeah. Um, I may stop using that phrase. Well, um, you're also not a trained counselor who well, is, right, so right. Who is paying you to do that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. That's a good point. But the difference between listening to you and saying that and I can't change your circumstances, but uh-huh. I can um, share this burden with uh-huh. you and I can walk alongside you in this. There's just a real difference in what that means. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And then the, obviously the outcome of it yeah. as well. Well, um, I... I don't think I had remembered that that's why you love a mentoring ministry so much. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you've been a champion uh-huh. and a facilitator of yeah, our um, Christ Chapel side-by-side mentoring ministry for as long as I've known you. Um, and here's why. Just that somebody walking alongside you, helping you follow Christ made all the difference uh-huh. in a uh, super hard stretch of life. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay, so... The Lord brought you a mentor. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you've been a uh, a mentor and probably be men- have been mentored by someone probably mm-hmm. almost ever since then. Can't get much more biblical than that. Um, what else kind of was going on in that stretch of life that helped you to maintain that growing dependence mm-hmm. on the Lord rather than on trying to have uh, – or hoping in the circumstances in your life. Yeah. Well, about that time, we started going to Christ Chapel, and I started going to Women in the Word. And mm-hmm. that was life-changing for me. I had done a ton of book-type studies, you know, like Beth Moore and things like yeah. that. Um, but studying the Word in depth with a room full of women, like where you are doing the studying yourself. You're not reading what someone else studied, yeah. not reading what God told them. You are hearing from God through His Word. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just love it so much. I mean, it it is really life-changing, and it grew me in my understanding of God's Word so much better. It really helped me to piece together this big picture of the Bible, you know, kind of what was going on. Because I still, you know, I mean, even though I did the college ministry, but I mean, college ministry is sort of limited in what you can do, what you can learn. And then we got married, and then, um, you know, I mean, I just, I still was— yeah, I mean, I think it takes our whole lives for us to get it a does. big picture. But yeah. I and I in some ways, I think you were in picture. survival mode. For oh some yeah, of those absolutely. Years. Yes, for you sure. Know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So um, but I love that. I'm so tracking with you. Um, having a mentor and being a part of Women of the Words also been like life giving, life changing, life off, off um, altering. They're sort of still non negotiables in yes, my life absolutely. for all of those um, reasons. So um, yeah, I'm I'm totally. I'm totally there with you. Um, tell me about homeschooling your girls. Yeah. Um, I love your girls so much. Like <laughs> I said at the beginning, we live in the same neighborhood. <laughs> I've always delighted in them. They've been in my home a lot. I just, you, um, they're, they're good ones. So just, just tell me what it was like. Um, yeah. Well, we that, started that piece of your life. Yeah. Well, we started in Ohio and continued on throughout all of high school. Um, and it was such a gift to be able to teach our girls and learn right along with them. And I had never planned to do that. That's just sort of what oh, God I never knew out. that. Yeah. I've always meant to ask you how no, that happened. No, we lived um, when we lived in Fayetteville and um, we lived in a duplex and our neighbor had five kids uh-huh. and she homeschooled. And I was like, I will never do that. <laughs> <laughs> and I totally did it. Um, 
And, you know, it was really fun, especially living here. And because it's so time efficient, we got to do so many fun things. Like yeah. we went to the zoo regularly. Yeah. We traveled with Travis. Mm-hmm. Um, they just got to be kids and have fun. Yeah. And I love that. Yeah. Um, and this was another area that God really grew me in trusting him. I mean, it's really hard not to compare what your kids are learning to what other families are doing or what kids are yes. learning in school. Um, it's pretty stressful to be responsible for teaching your children. You know, are you doing the right curriculum? Have they learned what they need to? Will they be prepared once high school is over Absolutely. for what's coming? Because um, if you don't homeschool, it, that's a lot of that's really on somebody else. Yes. You're just trusting that somebody else is, is doing, doing it right. Hope they're doing it right. I'm sure I've thought about it before, but I'm really kind of just putting that together this very second that every ounce of your children's education yeah. preparation for their adult <laughs> yeah, life is on falls you. falls on you. Yeah. Yep. Wow. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the, I just think, you know, there are constantly doubts, but each year God grew me to trust Him more and more, mm. just like in every other part of mm. our life. Um, God provides what we need. He will provide what my kids need. Mm. He will give them what they need to be successful at what He wants them to do. Mm-hmm. And I mean, really, even up to Olivia getting ready to go to college, I was still very much, I mean, this is all new to me to be in a place where I can now say to other moms who are wanting to homeschool, like, trust the Lord. You can trust Him. He mm-hmm. will He will give you what you need, what they need, you know, all that. Mm-hmm. Like, this is kind of new for me to be at a solid place of, yeah. okay, like, God did work yeah. it all out, and He will, and just like with everything else. And so, you know, I think just trusting that God is doing that. And then it gives us this really fun position of getting to be a cheerleader for our kids, you know, yes. especially as they're like turning into adults. And yeah. we just get to cheer on whatever plans God has for them. Now, if we look at my life, like my kids are almost the age that we sort of started at here. Yeah. Of like getting, I mean, I got married fairly young and, you know, and so. It's when you started walking with the Lord. Yes. Yeah. Like and part of me, I want to be like, oh gosh, I don't want them to have to walk through all right. those hard things, you know. But I do know. But. But I can trust God as I will be watching them walk mm-hmm. through hard things mm-hmm. that He's going to take care of them and be with them mm-hmm. and, you know, all that. So, mm-hmm. gosh, that's so, so good. And I just, from having known you these years, can think of um, things that we prayed together. Oh, yeah. For your girls. I'm going to cough. Hang on just a yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That we prayed together for your girls or for my boys that we saw God do yes. in the years, uh, yes. you know, in those years. So that's. Yeah, lovely and beautiful. And I'm hearing that mentoring thing come up. You didn't say you're a mentor for other um, homeschool moms, but the truth is what you just said of like telling other um, homeschooling parents, hey, here's how God can provide. Yes. Here's how you can do this. Yeah. You are at least informally mentoring them. So praise God for that. Yes. That's neat. Yeah. It's really lovely and beautiful. Um, one thing that stands out to me in your story is this just almost complete intertwining of the hardships you've endured Mm -hmm. with your what feels to me like this increasing ability to rely on trust and depend on God's provision and care and mercy and grace um, and kindness in the middle of your heart. Um, It's it's such a lovely thing that and a a great truth that life doesn't necessarily get easier as we trust Him more, (laughs) but your faithfulness has grown and your ability to um, remember that he's good and he's a provider and he's never going to leave you or forsake you in the midst of that heart Mm -hmm. has grown. Would you say that's made life easier overall, even in the midst of hardships? Well, yes. I would like to say yes, 100%. Although, um. One of the things I was actually going to talk about is kind of some health stuff yeah. that sort of in the well, last well, few years. T- tell me, yeah. T- tell so, 
Um, a few years ago, kind of at the tail end of our fostering journey, I started having some health problems, but nobody really knew what was going on. Mm-hmm. I went to the ER, was really blown off, um, and saw several specialists and really got nowhere. Um, and this was another area I think God was calling me to trust Him in. It was different, and I didn't like it. Uh, <laughs> my yeah. dad was a doctor and I always grew up under the impression that doctors can fix anything mm-hmm. and like figure out what's wrong and there'll be some kind of medicine to fix it. And I saw a lot of smart doctors that had no idea and honestly just left me feeling foolish. Mm. Like I was silly for thinking these things. I must be making them up. Like, you know, according to their tests, there's nothing wrong. Right. Um, and over the past few years, God has slowly been putting pieces of that puzzle together, which I'm grateful for. Um, and I figured out some things. A huge part of it, which since this is a women's podcast, I'm yeah. going to say is hormones. Yeah. And that change, you know, the changes that happen as we get older. And the doctors that should have helped me with that, because I was at the right ones, yeah. totally didn't. And actually kept giving me things, making it worse. Mm. Um, I also found out I have celiac disease, which can also cause sort of symptom-wide like body-wide symptoms. You know what I mean? And I've so, watched that happen with you. It's yeah. not been easy, Kate. No, I mean, I'm yeah. going to say, you may not say this, but I will say this. That's, it's been hard. It has been. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the, I think the hardest part for me though, as sort of things have continued on, um, I started having anxiety, which mm-hmm. was new for me. So yeah. even in the really hard seasons for me, my mind, although it was worried, it was never sort of taken over by anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, it was horrible. I thought that we had walked through hard seasons before, but to me, this was like next level. It yeah. was like, you know, it doesn't really matter what the situation's going on because yeah. when your brain is just sort of doing its own thing, it feels so out of control yes. and it doesn't matter how many times you tell yourself God is with you. Right. It doesn't matter how many times you tell yourself like he's faithful and whatever. Like, well, I'm feeling like I'm crazy right now. I mean, like my mind will not, it's just doing its own thing. I had no control over and it was awful. And it gave me so much more sympathy and understanding and compassion for people dealing with anxiety and depression. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just so some, there's just something so heavy about it that I never understood. So not only do you have hard things going on in life, but your mind your mind's making it a million times harder. Yeah. And I I think that's well said. That's a really uh, uh um I'm sure that's not any kind of clinical definition yeah. <laughs> of it, but but that actually helps me understand it so much more. Yeah. And I've had, certainly yes. had some anxiety. Yeah. I've said it on this podcast, yes. too. That I've certainly had some anxiety as well. But like, no matter what's going on, your mind makes it a million times harder. Yes. That's a good explanation. Yes, it does, which yeah. is so frustrating. Um, yeah. You know, but God gave me such a huge gift in this season and connected me with the best counselor ever. Um, she is amazing, and she's had a huge impact on my life. And, and again, since this was such a different place of trusting God. Like it just keeps, you know, like there's this, oh, wait, you think you've kind of got that? Okay, well, now you've got health stuff. Okay, well, now that you think you've got that figured out, let's add this new level of, you know, yeah, mental health. You, stuff. Yes, yeah, yes. Health. Yeah, health and, yeah, yeah. And, you know, one of the things that's been super helpful to me that I want to share because it was really life changing um, is um, Joni. No, it's Johnny. Yeah, I always call her say her I name do wrong. Too. Johnny, Johnny Erickson Tata. Um, and she has a book called A Place of Healing. Mm-hmm. Has a tree on the front. Um, and I don't want to spoil anything, but basically what I got from it is even though I want my anxiety and health issues healed, the place I get healing may be in the midst of those things, not with them gone. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. And God has bigger plans that I don't understand. And I may not actually like all that much. Yeah. But it has been super helpful. And I love, she wrote that book. She's in a, if you don't know, she's in a wheelchair and has been since she was 17. But she wrote that book when she started, she was in the middle of a season of extreme pain. And this was like in 1999, I think, or something. She is still living extreme pain in 2023. You know, I mean, it's, but 
getting to walk with her through that instead of like, oh, yeah, I suffered and it was hard and now it's all fine. Absolutely. It's totally different. Yes. And so I think that's why it was so helpful. Another one that actually uh, my counselor had recommended was, um, I think it's Craig Groeschel. I think Uh that's his name. Uh It's called Winning the War in Your Mind. And it looks so cheesy. It is incredible. Um, He basically says that we get into these ways of thinking, like our brains are incredibly efficient and they'll create these kind of shortcuts and pathways. And so when we live in this kind of negative, anxious thinking, we eventually create these shortcuts Mm. so that everything goes through that little shortcut Mm -hmm. and everything becomes Mm -hmm. something that causes Mm -hmm. anxiety. And, um, and it's been really helpful Mm -hmm. um, for me just to have that sort of, okay, I need to guard my thoughts. Just like God, what God says is true. Like I really do, I really do have to guard my thoughts, you know? Yep. And take every thought captive. And yes. Yeah. And that's easier said than done. I don't mean to say that flippantly, right? but it is the truth Uh as you walk through Mm -hmm. it. Um, Yeah. Those are great. um, Those are great examples. I I particularly love uh, that idea of Joni Erickson Tata writing about um, healing and hope in the midst of suffering yes. that maybe will probably will be lifelong. Mm-hmm. There's there may not be a lot of hope for physical restoration right. for her, and yet your hope and your trust and your um, dependence are still in the Lord. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's uh, like you said, as opposed to the okay, we've got a tidy little bow on this yes. now. I uh-huh. was suffering, and now it's over, right. and now I can tell you exactly how to do yes. all this yeah. <laughs> step by step. Yay! <laughs> yeah. Um, Tell me about your, the role of hope in your life mm-hmm. these days. I've recently been studying hope because I really, I, sort of, I mean, again, this is all sort of fresh and new. Yeah. And I had moved, I didn't realize it. I had accidentally sort of moved into this hopeless thinking. Uh-huh. Um, I Do know, you think that, w- that was interconnected with their, with the uh, anxiety? And, oh, yeah. yeah. And like, I think the health it's issues, health, like yeah. for so long, not hearing an answer, like figuring out what's wrong. Uh-huh. And I think I just sort of like in the back of my mind, I was like, oh, dear, this, uh-huh. is, this is not going to get better. I thought it was uh-huh. going to get better. It's uh-huh. not going to get better. You know, and just uh-huh. sort of, and I didn't even know I was doing that. Now, I know my eternity is set because I believe sure. in Jesus. I've confessed my sin and He saved me. But I mean, I'll be honest, some days heaven feels really far off. Right. And I think He wants us to have hope now too. Um, And one place I read recently was Romans 15. And it was so odd to me to see in verse four, it says, through endurance, which is of course facing hard things and we still continue on. Yep. So through endurance and encouragement from God's word, we will have hope. Mm -hmm. So he's basically saying, you're going to have hope because you've endured hard things Mm -hmm. and you're reading my word. And then... You know, but I what I really want <laughs> is for God just to to give me hope yeah. without having to do those yeah. things yeah. Um, and trust and faith and dependence yes. and yeah, yeah. just yeah. all the things without yeah. having to go through. I would like that. that as well. Um, <sighs> in fifteen five, it calls God the God of endurance and encouragement, and mm-hmm. I think that's so interesting because He is the God of the very things He was just talking about us getting. Mm-hmm. And in fifteen thirteen, it says that God is the God of hope and that He wants us to abound in hope. And I definitely have not been abounding in hope. Um, I would say for the majority of my life so far, I had sort of my underlying thing was like joy. And, you know, even though things are hard, like I still landed on kind of yeah. a joyful place. Then things sort of felt next level and hard. And I quickly realized my hope may not have been as sturdy mm. as I thought it was. Um, and I think the foundation is we have to choose to hope in God, not whatever we hope will happen. Mm. And that is trusting in Him. Um, okay. You got to say that one more yeah. time. So I, I like, love it. Choosing to hope in God not whatever we hope is going to happen. That is so convicting. (laughs) It really is. Even like for me to say it sounds, I'm like, you need to do that. I Um, am going to have to ponder that real hard in the days to come. Choosing to hope in God, not hoping in what Mm -hmm. 
we and want to happen. That's that. That's real trust. Yeah. Um, you know, and that this season really has grown my trust in a different way that I didn't even know was missing. I couldn't have told you that that was missing um, because the reality is he does great and powerful things in and through us when we face hard things. Oh, so. And I think that has been your story, Kate. I so appreciate your willingness to share um, definitely this recent piece of your story because I do sometimes think we have this tendency to mistakenly believe that as we walk with the Lord, as we um, you know pursue being His disciple, being mm-hmm. His followers, that there's sort of maybe sometimes a straight line from less faith to more faith, mm-hmm. from less understanding to more, from less dependence to more. Um, and sort of what I hear you saying is that um, – Rather than it always being a straight line in your life, and for sure in mine too, sometimes it's sort of this two steps forward, one Mm -hmm. step back, or two steps forward, but then, oh my goodness, there's this whole area of um, faith or understanding who God is or how He functions or what His Word really means that I hadn't even thought of before. Even sometimes a stall in our, like, I'm not making any more progress in in increasing faithfulness Mm -hmm. or whatever, and um, I think that's also reflected in the lives of the people we know and love yes. and, and God's Word. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, Paul was frustrated sometimes with yeah. his own um, pursuit of spiritual maturity. So, I don't know why I wouldn't think that <laughs> yeah, the same we, thing would happen yeah. to us sometimes, too, you know, that sometimes there'd be this, oh, I'm not doing what I want to do, and I am doing what I don't want to yes. do, and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I appreciate your um, your honesty in your story because uh it's it's the real story of pursuing god and increasing um dependence and faithfulness and knowing that it's it's not always that straight mm-hmm. easy upward line yeah you know it can still be hard what's like look like right now for you well you know it's perfect now I have oh no good good okay all. so there's that tiny so bow right there's a yeah. Tiny bow. Yeah. yeah you know even this morning i was laughing because i had two opportunities to practice trusting god our huh? air conditioner went out this weekend and <sighs> they came to fix it on saturday but it wasn't all the way fixed so it went out again yeah and while we're recording this middle of august 107 uh-huh. like every single day yeah mm-hmm. yep and um and then also as you know um we live in a neighborhood that we all have wells and mm-hmm. very little rain mm-hmm. i mean i think it's rained like once in two months and just yeah. for a little bit means no water um and so uh, today was a day that we had no water when we woke up um and it just you know those are things where we have to go oh my gosh it costs a car to fix this situation um where are we going to walk in fear and trying to figure out what to do are we going to trust god with it you know so there was a good little reminder of like nope still living in it and still gonna keep like i'm not i refuse i'm not gonna god's gonna provide for it if we have to do it if not he's gonna provide the water he's gonna do something and i'm gonna trust him and i'm gonna keep walking in that i like, I'm just going to do it, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? And sometimes it creeps up again, and I'm like, no, mm-hmm. no, no, go mm-hmm. away. Okay, um, I want to stop you real yeah. fast. Are you doing that in your own strength, like mustering up your own no. strength to trust? No, Okay, what are you doing? Yeah, no, I'm I'm going, God, I trust you. Like, looking back over just a lot of things I've shared, yeah. all these things have to- have shown me that you're in control. Yes. You always provide. Yeah. You know, even when it doesn't make sense to us, you always do something. Um, And... I can trust you. And you don't, I think this is the thing that's been big to me lately is like, God cares about what I'm thinking about. He cares about how I think about the well situation. He cares about whatever my thing, you know, my things are. So I am not going to dishonor you by just wallowing in that worry. I'm just not going to do it. 
but it means like I'm going to him asking him for the help to do it. There is mm-hmm. nothing in me. I'm a warrior, like mm-hmm. by heart. Like mm-hmm. a, that's what I, you know, grew yeah. up doing that. And so that is definitely not in my own strength at all. Um, but what I see is that God continues to bless us and give us joy in the midst of hard things. Yeah. Our older daughter went to college last year, which is just it's a hard thing. I mean, that's our first one to send off to school, and I can't believe how quickly it went. And although I missed her terribly, and I was honestly really scared of how hard it was going to be, um, God really just gave me the ability to be excited for her, mm-hmm. which was so fun. Like, I got to see her flourish and be excited about what God was going to do in her life. Now, a few years ago, I think I would have just been worried. Like, what, how is she going to do in school? How You know, whatever. And she's a great student. Like, I don't have to worry about those things. But regardless of that, I still would have. You know what I mean? Like, I needed to trust God. So I also finished homeschooling my younger daughter this year. um, And she'll be taking classes at the community college for her senior year um, because we've finished everything we can at home. And so this is another big area of trusting God that's been recent. And it came right in the midst of my anxiety. So that made it feel worse, I think. But just like, what do I do now with my life? I can't sit around at home feeling like this, you know? And I've done this for about 16 years, and I definitely had a bit of panic about that. Um, God was so kind to give me an opportunity to teach kids class on Sunday mornings, which I thought I would never have agreed Uh to do that on my own. Like, who wants to commit to every Sunday morning? And now I'm like, every morning, you know, on Sundays, I'm like, yes, I get to go be with those girls. I love them. Shout out to uh, Christ Chapel Next Gen Kids Men. Yes, absolutely. Um, Yeah, and you can always just try it out and see what you think. You don't (laughs) have to commit right away, which is what I did for a while. Um, And then um, also, just like I shared at the beginning, getting to work at the Pregnancy Center. So I work three days a week. Mm -hmm. Um, It is such a joy to me. Even like, Mm. I just do administrative kind of stuff. And Mm -hmm. I love it Mm -hmm. so much. And so, I mean, I could talk about that for a whole other Mm -hmm. episode of just how amazing it's been. But, Mm -hmm. you know, I just see God's pattern of teaching me to trust Him over and over Mm -hmm. and on so many different Mm -hmm. levels. And I know that's going to continue. I know there will be many more hard seasons and that are new and frightening, but I know that He will walk me through those too, and that He will give me what I need to get through them Mm -hmm. in hope. Because Which, he's done it before. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. That's beautiful. Kate, thanks for sharing your story with Absolutely. us. Um, I've seen it up close. You're the real deal. You've got real struggles, um, but you've also got real dependence and faith in the Lord. And um, it's been an encouragement and an example to follow in my own life. And um, and has given me a lot to ponder and uh, I think has kind of spurred me on in my faith today even. There's some things that we talked about I'm going to have to really <laughs> apply myself yes, well, to. I need to do those too, so praise God for those <laughs> yeah, things. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to pray as we close today. Okay. Lord, you're so good to call us to you, um, mm-hmm. sometimes through the innocent question of friends um, about whether we're spending time with you. Mm-hmm. Um, you're so good to walk with us faithfully, to sustain us, to provide for us, um, to draw near, to never leave us, whether we're in times of plenty or in want, in um, times of um, health or when things are um, really, really hard for us. And I am so grateful for that, Lord. You are so good to us. I thank you for this conversation. Pray for your um, blessing on those who are listening to it. Would we all Please and honor you, Lord, with mm-hmm. how we draw close to you and ask all this in your holy and precious name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening. For more episodes, be sure to follow Encouraged and Equipped.